You're listening to the Budget Babe Podcast. This is Ella, and I'm here to talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. Welcome back to the Budget Babe Podcast. We are kicking off International Women's Month with one of my favorite women, one of my favorite entrepreneurs and sorority sister. We've been friends for over 10 years, and I have watched this woman's business grow exponentially over the years. So I'm going to give my friend Liz Gatlin a moment to introduce herself, give us a background and tell us what she's on here for. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I I cannot believe it has really been a a decade. I mean, time flies when you're having fun, especially Mm -hmm. with a great sister. So I was thrilled to Uh, talk with you about your podcast. I have been in the real estate industry for the last decade and started my own real estate brokerage. So when I saw you had started economic and budget, babe, I was like, this is a place I need to come and tell listeners, you know, how does real estate play into budgeting, all things money? I mean, it's really just an open, open opportunity for anybody that wants to capitalize on it. Awesome. So when I first started the podcast, I knew I wanted to do entrepreneurial spotlights and you were the first people, one of the first people I had in mind as a guest. God, so I'm you. thrilled. I've been looking forward to this. I just pretty much all month long. Yes, <laughs> same here. So um, we're, we're excited to be here. I own a company called Southern Athena and we're building a beautiful South. So can't wait to kind of share what that process looks like and then also just chat about how we can help people. Awesome. And then you also have a podcast that of your own. Yes. And you have an upcoming TV show. That's right. So we're starting a series called Selling the South with Southern Athena. And that's going to be kind of one part podcast, but more HGTV style We've got a lot of different things going on in our business. We do real estate. We do architecture and design. We do construction now. So we're going to be having a lot of fun as a team with our Selling the South series. Yes, I cannot wait. And then we've also got, um, I've got a real estate radio podcast that I'm doing with a friend uh, who's in the lending industry. So she talks about the final say on lending, which I cannot speak to, but I know enough to be dangerous. And Mm -hmm. then um, obviously video, podcasts, listening, all the good things. We're we're trying to do it all this year. Awesome. We're excited. Well, let's get into talk about budgeting for a home. Uh, Many of us are looking to go from renting to owning. What type of money should we have saved if we go in that direction? What should we prepare for? Right. So budgeting for home is often like the biggest step someone takes when they're a first time home buyer. And it can be kind of scary and overwhelming. There's a lot of information online that you can access from mortgage calculators. There's all kinds of stuff, but ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't really tell you what you need. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of loan types out there that also don't tell you exactly what you need. So I know when my husband and I, we bought our first home right out of college and we jumped into real estate investing with the money I had saved up from working through college. And so 
there, you just don't know what you don't know when it's your first time. So I'd, I had always heard you put 20% down on a home. Mm -hmm. It's this whole big thing. And so I was like, got to get 20% down. And that was back in 2010. It was kind of at the, when the housing mm -hmm. market had just crashed, things were still kind of shaky. And I learned about, uh, 20% down is pretty typical for conventional loans, but not um, federally insured loans like FHA, THDA, VA. There's a lot of different loan products out there. And nowadays, the market has changed even more. Uh, basically, from the Federal Reserve standpoint, they want Americans investing in real estate because it's mm -hmm. investing in our land and tangible assets. And so even conventional, you don't have to put 20% down anymore. There are first time home buyer programs right now that are 0% down. Wow. Which that's, yeah. You know, so if you think that buying a home is out of reach, the first step is always to talk with a lender mm -hmm. and talk with a lender in person that I would even suggest talking to multiple lenders. Like we always take all of our buyers through like, here's three lenders kind of shop and compare rates, ask them questions. Who do you feel most comfortable with? Because your lender can make or break your home buying purchase. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be the first person in your court to make sure that it's a successful process uh, and get you pre-approved to buy a home. Yeah. And tell you about all your options and what that might look like. So lenders are one of our best friends. <laughs> we work with them all the time. And I've got a great set of lenders. Lenders, yeah. I actually have everybody reach out to. And it's just nice. You know, you shop rates with everything else. Why wouldn't you shop rates with your home? With your home. And then you can actually get pre-qualified without hitting your credit, credit score. Is that correct? You can get pre-qualified. You can't get pre-approved. Okay. And so that's also some... There's a lot of technicalities with lending and language and what you might read online versus what's reality. I know we were talking a little bit about uh, the difference. Like you may see, you know, you're going to put 5% down, you know, and you plan for that. But maybe on those online calculators, you don't see that you're also going to be paying title costs and mortgage fees and appraisal fees and for insurance and so all these other pieces taxes mm -hmm. can really affect your final mortgage payment and so if you don't know what to ask about all of those things um, I was just looking over some settlement statements and on average for closing costs to close on a home we see that's about one percent of the total property value yeah so if you're buying 250 it's going to be 2500 If you are buying a 500000 it's going to be $5,000. Uh, so budgeting that into what you have to bring to the closing table is really important. Otherwise, you might get there and be like, I don't have all this extra money because I was going to spend that on furniture. Yeah. Right? Or I was going to spend that on moving. And now you're having, it's a little uncomfortable to find out on the back end, but most lenders will not tell you what their fees are. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. not just about interest rate. It's about like, what are you, what's your appraisal fee? I mean, it could be 
$500, it could be $1,500 and the buyer's paying for that. So yeah. So those are good questions to ask is what are the fees up front? What are the fees? Can we get an estimate? And ultimately I just tell them, I want to get an estimate of the loan fees and the other fees, the origination fees Mm -hmm. so that I can tell my realtor so they can negotiate that to be paid by the seller if at all possible. Obviously it depends on the market you're in. Uh, Nashville's market is crazy hot. So yes, it's a seller's market and that's where we are, but that's where we're, yeah, that's where we're at now. Yes. <laughs> so you need to plan to bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people miss that extra piece. I know we did when we first bought our home. The we're like, oh, there goes the rest <laughs> of our savings, you know, um, but those are just some little things, but talking to multiple lenders at the very beginning when you first start out with a goal they can even tell you how to repair your credit what you need to do to get ready and really set you up for success fantastic and how soon should somebody go talk to various lenders i would talk with i mean at least talk with them um the year that you want to do it so if you want to do it and if you want to buy in 2021 you go ahead and start talking to him. Yeah, talk to him. Yeah. I thought about going to my bank and uh-huh. then if you are part of a credit union, that's going to be credit better. Union. All right. Then a bank, most banks don't compete with your act. They can't compete as well with just mortgage companies. Okay. That's great from to know. A, from a rate standpoint. Yeah. Mortgage companies are doing their mortgages and that's it. Whereas banks are doing everything and their rates usually aren't as competitive. That is awesome to know. I do everything through my bank. So that is. And most mortgage companies and banks end up selling the the mortgage on the open market after you close anyway. So very strange little details you don't (laughs) care about, but they do impact that process. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Now tell us about for first time home buyers, what kind of programs are available? So there's a lot of first time home buyer programs on the lending side and I will get you in touch with the lender who can really go through all the details of those. I know FHA is generally the most common that people go with. It is a, you have basically a mortgage premium insurance Mm -hmm. that is tacked on. So your monthly payment for your mortgage is going to be a little bit higher because you're paying interest that basically makes up for the fact that you're not bringing 20% to the table. Okay. So, or it could be 10%, whatever that percentage is, that's going to be just an add on. And it's usually well worth it because the average homeowner moves every three to seven years. So, you know, if you're looking at a hundred extra dollars a month over three years versus bringing and sinking, you know, an extra 20 K into an asset Mm -hmm. uh, and not having that liquid, it it doesn't make a lot of sense because that could be making you money Mm -hmm. in other ways. Yeah. So, Uh, One thing I would suggest people look at when they're looking at investing in real estate versus other products is obviously access to cash. It's hard to buy and sell, and there's a lot of fees, brokerage fees, transfer title fees, 
mortgage phase that go along with a real estate transaction that you don't have in other investments. Mm -hmm. uh, but what is your rate of return? So in our national market, it, on average, you've got a 10% rate of return year over year. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good spot to put your money when you've got more volatility in the other areas of the market. So yeah. I like kind of looking at what's the real estate market doing versus other investments, right? And from a long game real estate, you've got tax advantages, you've got a lot of other things at play that far outweigh some of the short-term gains of like the stock market or 401ks and all that stuff. So it's just a little bit of where do you want to stick your investment and what are your returns? But returns yeah. Real estate is on the long term and up and up. If you're going to move in four years, you may end up paying some of that out in fees. Yeah. So, so and that's interesting because you said most people all stay in their homes from seven to 10 years mm -hmm. instead of going the full 15 or 30 year, whatever their mortgage mm -hmm. is. Now, are those people using their first homes as an investment? Most of them aren't. Most of them are kind of just uh, going from one home to the next. Uh, now, people that are building long-term wealth, there's not there's not a millionaire out there that didn't make a lot of their wealth through real estate, or at least holding real estate and putting assets into real estate uh, because of all the advantages. But really, like as a first-time home buyer, if it's your primary residence, you're going to be in a different spot, you know, three to four years mm -hmm. from then, especially the younger you are. And so you may sell and then go buy your next place, yeah. you know, and kind of upgrade. And then on the seven to 10 year range, that's like major, like a decade is you're in a totally different spot. Like we're in a totally different spot when we met, when we were in our early twenties to our early thirties. Yeah. And so your needs change, and that means your housing needs change. Absolutely. And so uh, most people don't convert, like, convert those first homes into rentals because then you've got to then double down not only for a bigger house but bigger down payments that you might not have been planning for. So it's easier to sell and convert and then buy, and then buy yeah. with I your new I will say that one of my biggest regrets is not buying in my 20s. Mm. I was worried about the commitment thing. I said, I'm going to get into an apartment until I get into a house. But like, I'm not going to commit to a 15-year plan, a 30-year plan. But I, you know, I knew next to nothing about real estate. So I didn't realize you know, most people buy and then so quickly, move on up. And they move on up. So most people really, and you may see these funny like memes online, or at least I do, because I'm in this world, it's like, you know, prove to me that your house is an asset mm -hmm. and it's really not, you know, in a lot of different ways because you, it's a liability. Technically you usually mo owe more on it and mm -hmm. it's not making you money unless you're in a really hot market. So there's definitely factors in there, but I'd say it's never too early or too late to start investing. Uh, one of my, uh, mentors at the very beginning before I got my real estate license, she got into real estate at 50, you know, and she wow. retired and she was like, I'm ready to start a new career. And she got into real estate brokerage and she's like, it's never too late for you to follow your dreams or to make a, a an impact with what you want to do with your life. I do agree with that. 
And so it's never, you don't have to worry about where you're going to go. Obviously, the earlier you start, the more it grows. So there's some benefit there, but. That sounds really cool. Yeah. She decided to follow her dreams at age 50. I had a vet technician. She was a nurse for most of her life, but she became a vet tech later in life. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. And I'm following my dreams, yeah. you know, in my 30s. It's just, it's, you were right. It's never too late to go after what you really want in life. Absolutely. Yeah. And so investing in yourself, you can never go wrong. And yeah. you can do that at all ages. It's just part of it. That is part of it. And we talked about the house. Once you get into the house, having mm-hmm. we have money saved up for buying the house. What about a sinking fund for the homeowner for repairs? I know if you buy a new house, you may think, well, I'm not going to have to have as much money for repairs. But let's say you're in an older house. Mm-hmm. What kind of money do you need saved up for emergencies, HVAC unit, refrigerators, <laughs> or wash? You know, something in the house going kaput. So the standard, you know, average that most people want to be putting away is one percent of their home value per year Mm -hmm. so if you buy a three hundred sixty thousand dollar house which is the median house price in nashville then that works out you need to be saving about thirty six hundred a year now that's for kind of your average run-of-the-mill homes if you buy an older home we have a lot of older homes here in nashville or one that needs maintenance, or you know when you get the inspection report that, oh my goodness, the HVAC is nine, <laughs> or it's over eight years old. It's kind of like a car. You need to start budgeting for mm-hmm. bigger ticket items. Those big ticket items are HVAC, they're your hot water heater. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not, if it's actually an old school hot water heater and it's not instant, it can explode and then flood everything. So <laughs> you want to just keep an eye out on major systems, uh, your roof, obviously. Yeah. Uh, almost every home we've had, we've had to take out trees because uh, they're like hanging ominously over the house and um, old pipes like sewage pipes. That's also been an issue for our multiple homes that we've owned. <laughs> uh, and those are things that people don't anticipate Yeah, always before repairing. Uh, call your insurance agent yeah. and get good insurance. It will make a huge difference in your life. And they, you know, you're deductible and it's going to be better off than you just paying cash for most things. Yeah. Having the good homeowners insurance. That's what it's there for. And that can really make or break a huge difference in your mortgage Mm because the insurance is rolled into your mortgage. Uh, So that payment is going to your insurance no matter what. But ultimately, choose a good insurance. I've got great insurance recommendations Mm -hmm. as well uh, because some don't pay out. Yeah. We had a client that uh, needed to redo their bathroom because the plumbing had been leaking. Insurance wasn't going to pay a dime for the plumbing leak, you know? And so Ooh. those insurance guys, you know, if you're just shopping for the cheapest rate, that's probably going to mean you're not covered. Yeah. So I would say it's better to if you're really investing in your home and you're doing all the work to save for maintenance, to save for these other things, 
then pay for a decent insurance. It's yes. actually going to cover you. Somebody's got your back because mm-hmm. I've seen that with car companies too. Insurance companies, the cheapest guys are not the best guys. They're not going to pay. Yeah. So if you're paying for it, oh, if you're not paying for it, save for it. Yeah. If you're saving for it, then definitely get good insurance. So then it's not just going down the hole. Good, good tip. So when we consider insurance, mm-hmm. mortgage payment, and HOA fees. And taxes. And taxes. Oh, yeah. got to love the taxes. Got to love the taxes. Got to love the taxes. Taxes are high. I mean, and they can go up at any time. That's another thing. They can change at any time. Yeah. And you can get a reappraisal at any time. We have had lots of fun in Nashville with our taxes here <laughs> recently. Um which I will not complain about, but uh, it's just part of it. It is, yeah. For what you get, and we've got a beautiful city, so yeah, you can't we help. Do it. have a gorgeous city, and everybody great. wants to move here. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. I, I fell in love with the city the minute I visited the city. I said, yeah. "This is where I want to live after college." Absolutely, yeah. it's it a, just felt right. Nashville is Athens of the South, so it's a great place yes. to be. Yes. That is exactly right. So your mortgage is made up of all of those items. Mm-hmm. And then in, if you do a first-time homebuyer program, you'll also have what's called PMI, which is the private mortgage insurance on top of that. Okay, on top what, of regular insurance. Mm-hmm. And so that's that little extra bit that helps you to not have to put more down. Mm-hmm. So you've got taxes, insurance, your loan, and then... If you go with any non-conventional loan, PMI. Yeah. Yep. And those are what's rolled into your mortgage payment every month. And the general rule is there's a wide range. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do the experts say the general rule for your mortgage or your rent should be? Uh, you mentioned you've heard 25%. 25% is what I've heard. It shouldn't be any more than 25%. And I've actually heard that on a 15-year mortgage, but mm-hmm. which is which is higher than mm-hmm. a 30-year mortgage because mm-hmm. you're paying more of that loan down every month. Uh, I've heard everything from 20% and lower mm-hmm. is ideal, all the way up to 30, 35. I'm more of a conservative spender. I really don't like spending a lot of money, and Same. I don't like having a lot of pressure on me to perform because I'm in sales. I get paid when I close. And so the cash flow and being conservative is fairly important to me from my business. Now, if I was making the same amount every month and I could really plan and get into the nitty gritty, I might feel a little differently. Mm -hmm. But I would suggest never going over 30%, 33 at the max. I mean, that's a third of your income. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that means one paycheck you're, you're paying your mortgage and your utilities. The next you're paying for food and you really don't have anything left over for anything else. Mm -hmm. So uh, 25 is good. 20 is even better if you can get it there. So then you can save that extra 1% for maintenance you can save another one percent for fun like fixing up your home and oh, yeah doing, buying seasonal decor and yes. really having having the space in your budget to nest 
and make your home feel like an asset instead of a liability. Mm-hmm. I've been house poor before and I've been very comfortable in my house and it's always better to be more comfortable absolutely in your own home because then you can give it the care and love it needs and on the back end when you do go to sell people can see that so I as a realtor am always looking at a home not just the cosmetic I mean anybody can paint their home to sell it for more but looking at little tells like landscaping did they take did they garden did they have enough to garden Mm -hmm. it's a little sign that talks about the place of a home and if they were able to garden you know they were able to fix things right and so we know that oh this home is probably going to be in better shape all the way around just based on those initial signs of wear and tear because they've had the money to to do it. Yeah. So 20-25% is where I would like to see people. I've seen people at like 50%. And that just gives me too much oh, anxiety. Yeah. That's, that's a heart attack. And I think a lot of people do that in rent right now too. So mm-hmm. they think, well, if I'm paying that in rent, I might as well do that in a mortgage. But a mortgage could be a really good opportunity Right. In rent, you have the flexibility to move out to a different apartment. Uh With a mortgage, you do not. You have to sell. And you may not, when that time comes, when you need to sell, be able to. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can, then you go into foreclosure and that's a whole nother thing. In rent, you can get evicted and that's kind of the worst that happens. But when you're talking about a mortgage and a home, it has a larger impact on your overall financial health for the lifetime of your yeah. financial health, whereas rent does not. And so you want to be able to make mortgage, if something happens, mm-hmm. just unforeseeable, you want to be able to make those mortgage payments during that mm-hmm. period. A lot of people got put under due to COVID. Right. So Or losing you know, a job. And it's like, how long does it take to get that? So most people... I know the rule of thumb is like three to four months in savings. I like to say six months plus, but again, that's also my career path. <laughs> yeah. You just never know when the market's going to go. And uh, thank goodness, for instance, last year, you know, during COVID, we had the savings. Yeah. So it wasn't, it didn't cripple us. Yeah. And I know it did for a lot of people. So having that savings and the ability to save you're going to have more ability to save if your mortgage is only 20% versus 30%. 30%. And then also versus the 40 and 50. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So 30% sometimes is inevitable based on your housing market mm-hmm. and where you are. And based on rates, you know, some things you really can't sacrifice on, especially if you are making a big investment. But I would say anything over 30 is really 33.333, whatever the third is, you know, (laughs) then just really think that's for me, the hard boundary. Yeah. From a budgeting standpoint. And the difference in rent can make a huge impact on your overall income. Even if you're making more money, if you're stepping up your cost of living, just because you're making more money. And that $50 here, $50 there, that's a date night you know that's other thing that's gifts for your family or 
uh, that's charitable giving, you Charitable, know, like, yes. so you've got lots of other places you could be spending that. Mm-hmm. To, I would say keep it open, keep it open. And then also for me, just living in a big city, one of the biggest advantages is yeah, location, 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 investment, but there's just so much to do. You yeah, want to have money to be able to do that. <laughs> Go to those concerts and live your life. Yes. And I know some people love to travel and it's like, get, you know, you can have it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to kind of put it in buckets and, yes. and plan for having it all. You got to plan to have it all to have it all. Yes, Definitely. you do. Otherwise you are just irresponsibly spending, <laughs> <laughs> which we know lots of people that have done that. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so let's speak into that. What would have you have told yourself 10 years ago? If you could give yourself any kind of advice and this could be real estate, this could be budgeting it, it can really be anything any advice so this was one of the hardest and she sent me these questions in advance and I this, I was like ah, what advice would I give myself <laughs> you know for me I've been very happy with where we've invested in real estate and where we have been I would say I'm always looking to invest more mm-hmm. in real estate and wish, you know, that I could do more. So we're about to go through another major remodel on our house and I'll just know it always costs more than you want, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, I want all new furniture and I want all these things. And so just being disciplined enough to kind of double down and be strategic and prioritize Yeah, is really helpful. We also, I mean, everything in our lives has happened for a reason. I had the benefit, of, like I started in a hundred year old Victorian. It was falling apart. I mean, we had like mice every winter, uh, but it was in a great location. Yeah, was that, was that the East Nashville house? Yeah. yeah. And I had right in five points. We could walk to the bars. We had way too much fun in that house. And I, I had some fun in that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to a brand new build. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's so, gorgeous. And the brand new build was amazing. It's like night and day. You know, it didn't have all the charm of the Victorian, but it had all the new freshness of something brand new. Mm-hmm. And I would say, and now we're in like a, a crumbling down like 80s home, you know, that was not built with any character or quality. So we're just like in the worst of both worlds. So we're going through the remodel, but I would say overall, like being flexible and open to different experiences and kind of choosing what you want, right? Yeah. There's a lot of benefits from choosing what you want. And then also planning for, I always tell people, and it's not very romantic because it's kind of like saying, get a prenup is (laughs) The, the day you buy should be the day you plan on when to sell. Like yeah. that should be part of your overall plan. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that with yeah. our first house. I was just thinking about buying our first house and I was so excited and I wasn't thinking, when are we going to sell this? And that will make a huge difference because if you really sit and ask yourself that question, is this a five-year home? Is this a 10-year home? Where are you in your life? And if you're buying in your 20s, are you are you single? Are you getting married? 
yeah, you know, like what if you meet Mr. Right and he sweeps you off your feet in two years? What are you going to do with your home? What are you going to do? Know? Are you going to use as a rental property? What are you going to do? Yeah. And so have those plans before you buy and they'll make the whole process and the decision making so much easier. Uh, so, yes, it is a little anti-romantic because everybody thinks, oh, you're buying a home. It's going to be forever home. But most people go through, they go through like 10 homes in their lifetime. So yeah, exactly. It's not what it used to be. It, no. Uh, and where the old sayings come from, you know, they're, it's very rare to buy your forever home until after your kids are out. Or it's a family home. And you have an empty nest. Yes. Empty nest. And yes. All that good stuff. So, And also... I don't think when I buy a home, planning what I'm going to do with it, because my biggest things are kitchen mm-hmm. and a nice bathtub. Oh, yeah. But yeah, bedrooms and a room for an office, place for an office. But I love your kitchen, by the way. Oh, thank All you. The white, the white and gray granite and yes. just the wine fridge. I mean, it's, We've, it's a we dream did remodel. kitchen. We remodeled it for us, and we're going through the second remodel. I'm like, oh, goodness. I know I've done this before. I know it costs way too much. <laughs> Uh, But that's one thing we do at Southern Athena is we usually help people plan for remodeling Mm -hmm. because at least in our Nashville market, getting everything on your wish list for the right price is out of reach for most people. Yeah. And you guys truly are, I want to say head to toe, kind of like you go to a spa and they do everything. We are full service. Yes. We... If it touches your real estate, we can help you with it. So a lot of our clients, we may find the right home, but we do have to do a remodel. And so I'm looking at it like, does the price make sense for the amount of money you're going to have to spend to get what you want? What are the pros and cons? You know, location. You can't move the house, but you can upgrade a kitchen. Exactly. So it is very HGTV in that capacity. I always hear location, location, location. So mm-hmm. buying in the areas that are up and coming is important. Well, that was have to, access to. Yes. Because uh, so a lot of times people kind of real estate transitions in a wave pattern, mm-hmm. uh, like most investments. And so you want to buy low and sell high and a lot of times people are scared to invest in the low areas, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, because there's no assurances that it's going to rise because you're on that base of the bell curve, which I'll give you a good graphic for this because it's like, it's a bell curve. And so I usually suggest, you know, if you're going to, where is that neighborhood in the bell curve? And how long are you going to be there? If it's at the very bottom and you're only going to be there five years, you may never get to the top versus mid swing. You may get there versus a 10 year hold where you might get past the top and start to be on the downside mm-hmm. in Nashville. We're growing. So most of us, we're going to continue to see up and up. Up but, and up. Yeah. Uh, it's a matter of how much up and up do you want. And your real estate agent should be able to provide you all of those stats. And we can, and we do when we're looking at different areas because there's different types of investments. And if you really want to make a lot of money with your homes, we've been lucky enough. We strategically invested in East Nashville before it was hot. Yeah. And 
my mom cried, you know, <laughs> when she heard <laughs> we were moving to East Nashville. Uh, because she knew it was dangerous, especially for a young her young daughter. And everybody now is like, oh my gosh, East Nashville, you know, you've got half a million dollar houses. Um, exactly. And what are you talking about? I'm like, but we bought strategically where in we had that home for less than five years, we were able to double our money. Mm-hmm. And so it, we were riskier, you know, we took a bigger risk, but we had a bigger reward, doubled our money. Uh, same with our second house. It was all, she cried when we bought the house too, even though it was brand new, it was very close to a very dangerous area and it was unsafe. She's got a lot of concern for my safety. I was like, mm-hmm. this is a great <laughs> location wise. This is a great investment. So I've usually played the, not the flip game where you, you know, improve and then sell, but the location game based on how the market's doing. Yeah. That's very smart. Mm -hmm. And you've been in Nashville your whole life. So you know, the locations and you've seen the trends. (laughs) Well, I know the locations. Um, Sometimes I'm biased, you know, because there's different areas and they have their, their different swings. Uh, uh, but I keep a fresh eye on it because ultimately it's about pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. And I'm good with awesome. patterns. You're very good with patterns. I can handle some patterns. Yeah. But budgets are my, I love budgets because it's a pattern, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it it's falls a trend. into buckets. Yeah. And uh, same with investing in real estate for us. Investing in real estate. And real estate's going to be more solid than, say, the stock market. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because stock market it kind of feels like gambling sometimes. It, and it um, really can be. I mean, real estate has a lot of benefits. Tax benefits are the number one reason people invest in real estate. And then you have a tangible asset that is not based on someone else at all. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it doesn't matter who the CEO of the houses mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it doesn't matter what policies they put in place as a company you have more control over your asset because it is tangible and physical uh, but you do have to plan for that role uh, for instance like property management if you're doing a lot of rentals you should budget 10 percent of that um, income towards property management mm-hmm. and that's not maintenance that's just to have someone to properly manage your property. Yeah. And so take that off the top. And then what do you have left? Then take your 1% uh, for maintenance. And then take your, uh, I would take another percent for fees and other things that you might not expect. And then put the rest aside. Yeah. And so there's and t- ratios. There's some ratios. And talk about briefly, just for my sake, the tax benefits that come with real estate. Right. So you're paying taxes uh, on your real estate and you're paying it in your mortgage. So it's not like you're having to have it. It's kind of like being withheld from your paycheck every Uh month. So it's going out. You don't even think about it and it's done. And then you're not as an asset uh, on your personal residence. You're not getting taxed on that when you sell it. Mm -hmm. So any increases in financially that it makes up to a certain threshold you're not paying capital gains tax on when you sell 
it's 250 for a single person and 500 for a married couple. So you can make $500,000 if you're married on the sale of your home, all cash and not pay any taxes on that when you sell it. Wow. I mean, you'll have transfer That's, taxes, yeah. but whereas you can't liquidate something else and do that. Yeah. It's primary residence only. Again, I'm not a tax advisor. Please do <laughs> disclosure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a lender, tax advisor, financial advisor, attorney, CPA. Go talk to the right person for that. But there are massive tax advantages when you get into multiple properties owned. Uh, there's tax advantages if you basically cash like for like in what's called a 1031 exchange. So say I have a bunch of rentals and I want to sell one rental and or sell three rentals and buy something else, I can actually do a 1031 exchange and not have to pay capital gains on those properties because I'm trading like for like in a real estate capacity. And that's called a 1031 exchange. So that's why if you want to build wealth, long-term legacy style wealth for yourself or your family, real estate is the bulk of what that looks like for most millionaires and up. Great to know. And it should be for anybody that has a family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They're not going to have the same opportunities just investing in the stock market. Yeah, I agree. I just want to say this has been just very, very valuable information. I know this is valuable for me. This is valuable for a lot of people living in Nashville who want to buy in Nashville, invest in Nashville, who may be selling their home and maybe want to move up homes in Nashville. So thank you so much for being on here. Absolutely. And sharing it's your expertise. A pleasure. I hope I haven't just like brain dumped too many numbers on y'all. Um, cause there's tons more that I could, but I'll save that for another hey. day. And if you guys want Southern Athena. Yes. If you want to know more, I would love for you to follow us at Southern Athena. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're not on Twitter <laughs> much. <laughs> I mean, I technically have us on Twitter, but we don't engage cause it's all visual, you know? Yeah. Twitter doesn't have a lot of visual. But uh, follow us on Southern Athena. Message us uh, if you have questions. We'd love to get you answers and be a resource for you because that's what we do for our clients day in and day mm -hmm. out and um, giving people the opportunity to invest in real estate and change their lives and change their day-to-day -day world is such a blessing. So we would love to connect with your listeners yes. and help them with their real estate Uh for people that haven't heard of Southern Athena, we are a woman-owned. Um, I started this company five years ago. I've been in the industry since I was 22. Uh, we bought our first investment property. And um, now my husband works for me. We've got a team of uh, contractors. We've got designers. I'm a licensed architect and broker. Uh, which is real estate brokerage. And so we are a family-owned boutique company here mm -hmm. in Nashville. We serve all of Middle Tennessee. So uh, someone in our team is basically an hour from Nashville in every market. And we would love to be a resource for you for your real estate 
for your architecture and design for construction and help you invest in real estate because it really changed my life. I love it. And anything else you want your potential clients to know? So potential clients would love for you to know that no matter what, I'm always in your court. I'd say that's something that people don't realize uh, when they are making these big decisions that uh, one of the things I love, I kind of am like a mama bear, is that I'm a, I'm your number one, whether you're buying or selling. And there's been lots of times where I've told a potential client that, you know what, it's not, it doesn't sound like buying real estate is good, a good decision right now. Mm -hmm. I had a girlfriend, she got a divorce and she like, I need to, you know, I've got to sell and then I need to go buy something. I was like, you know what, maybe you should wait a year, rent for a year, figure out what you really want because you're reeling from this divorce. And so I'm always going to do what's right for the client. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because the money comes to me later. Uh, and so I'm used to that. Over 80% of our clients are happy repeat clients and referrals. Yeah. So we don't have a big marketing team or anything. We are just that small family owned boutique. And I'm really working to, my mission is building a beautiful South. So I want to help enough people and make an impact on Nashville and then have other branch offices and make an impact in other areas in the South and really take what we've created here and replicate it into other cities. Cause the South is growing in general. Yes. It's a great place to live and grow up and uh, want to continue to keep it beautiful. Yes. And that's what you do. Yes. So if you want to, if you're thinking of remodeling, give us a call. Uh, we've got all the numbers and stats on that, which I could do a whole nother episode on, but she for your remodels, yes. um, buying and selling, uh, we do, we do design. Uh, so for all of our sellers, those properties are staged to sell and we get you the most money possible. Yeah. Uh, like no one's going to get you more money than we can because we can present it in a way that sells for more, you know, yeah. it's all about showing people the value. Beautiful properties. Mm -hmm. Well-designed. Uh, you designed one of my favorite spas actually. Oh yes. That Float Alchemy Murfreesboro. Yes, yep. Float Alchemy is amazing. Oh, oh, we help them with their real estate, their architecture, their interiors, and their repeat client. Yeah. And, uh, and you do commercial. Mm -hmm. We do. So we do a lot, um, but ultimately the client comes first. And absolutely, we do what's right for the client because, and sometimes that doesn't align with what's right uh, for us to make a ton of money, but we it ends up coming back. Yeah, so that's how we've built our business, and I uh, would love to help you all, all of your listeners, uh, to take the next step in investing in real estate because it really has changed our life and it's opened up so many doors for me. Uh, not only on the sales side, but also in our own personal investment and getting me to where I want to be so that I can work or not work. And uh, it provides a lot of freedom. Give me that comfort. I love mm -hmm. it. So I ask every guest this. It's just a fun thing. And this can be real estate. This can be personal, whatever you want to answer. I just ask everybody, what is the one thing you don't go cheap on? Because <laughs> so we all have our goals. We all have things that we... 
Right. I don't go cheap on my cell phone and uh, technology in general. I'm a, I love technology, so I'm dependent on it. I have attached to my phone yeah. all the time. You take photos on it. I mean, yes. you a great camera. That's photos. a huge thing for me. I need to be able to answer the phone. Uh, one of the things you had mentioned was toilet paper. I don't go cheap on toilet paper either. <laughs> no, I love Charmin. <laughs> I, I just, know. I'll spend a little extra and tipping. You know what? I, I'm lo- yes, I'm I, glad you said that. I like to tip a nice amount because uh, being in service can be tough. You know, and there's a lot of mean people out there. And if you get a great server or waiter, waitress, tip them well because they don't make enough and they can really brighten brighten your day. Mm -hmm. Or really any service in Nashville Mm -hmm. because people work. People work hard and they need to get paid for it. Yes. So I don't skimp on tipping. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> which is a That's, it's a weird thing but uh, you know and we said this earlier give when you give out it comes back to you mm-hmm. so I truly believe when I am generous with my tipping mm-hmm. I'm generous with others that it comes back to me in another way if I'm looking to do the and even whatever my goals are if my goals are to help others if I help other people along the way with my goals yes it comes back comes 100%. back percent and so that's where I just I like people to know that you know we're not the cheapest uh, out there and we're not the most expensive, but I do have a hundred percent confidence that we're always doing what's right for our clients. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Liz, thank you so much for being thank on you the for show. Me. And I hope um, again follow follow us at Southern Athena and at Liz Gatlin if you want to follow me personally. I don't post that much unless it's like weird pictures of my dogs and my husband. Um, and then if you love podcasts, we are starting our selling yes. South, uh, radio and podcast. And then also if you want to hear from my lender that I mentioned, Tanya Escobar, uh, we're doing a real estate radio podcast here. So follow those and please just connect with us on social media. We love engaging and, We love answering your questions, so shoot us a message. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you.